This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is the Citadel Cafe, episode number 464 for Wednesday, April 26th, 2023. My name is Joel Duggan and the Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I hang out to talk about the geeky stuff that we are into. Joining me this week, Brockett Vola is back, the Cat Volver on all the social media that matters. Welcome back, my friend. Hey, thank you. I'm back two months in a row. The streak's alive. <laughs> Spring has sprung. And that means that it is getting close to summer movie time. And you and I uh, have a little game we like to play around this time of year on the show called Pass or Play. And you have come prepared, apparently. Yes, uh, I um, call it maybe I'm a shut in dad who has we'll get to it. I've only seen one movie in theater uh, theaters in the last like four years, maybe. <laughs> Basically, my timeline, my timeline was my children were expected so i saw incredibles 2 in theaters wow, wow. it seems a long time ago that was a then long time i ago. saw rise rise of skywalker in theaters mm-hmm. after my after emmy was born and then since then i've seen spoiler super mario brothers movie when we get there okay that's it joel those are the three films i have seen in theaters now of course there are some movies that have been released to streaming either simultaneously or a few weeks after and i've caught up with some of the big name things yada 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 but in theaters i've seen three movies since basically 2019 so i maybe call me overzealous i'm looking i was looking through this this summer and i was like oh my gosh there's so many movies i'm at least aware of in my shut-in life as a father so I can only imagine some of the other ones I may have forgotten. I tried to check AV Club, which is a great source for for movie stuff, um, powered by the Onion and uh, and some other websites I kind of trust and stuff like that. And then you know, just ones whenever I was googling twenty twenty three, I was like, I've heard of that at least, so it must be on the radar, at least in the states. So we've got a lot of them, but as is the want for pass or play, the focus is whether you would like to play the film, as in see the upcoming film. Or pass on it. Now, it's pretty cut and dry in this hot take society. Joel and I, we like to play it pretty hard and fast. So if you have any hesitation, we generally just hit pass. Now, that doesn't mean that some of these films we won't at some point watch. And maybe, Joel, three or four months after whatever movie comes out, you've heard so much about it. You're on your couch or it's streaming or who knows, you're just bored. And somehow you find yourself magically in a movie theater and you watch it that doesn't mean that obviously you know you you should have hit play or whatever but this is gut instinct you see it you know something about it or you know very little about it and you're just watching trailers like in the old days and making a decision off of that so um i think uh where we're going to start joel is uh you've prepared some of the current movies that are currently out right current movies are currently out very good podcasting <laughs> for <laughs> pass or play so if you want to start with that list then i'll take over for the ones that are coming out soon well, I just looked up the release date for Rise of Skywalker because I didn't remember it off the top of my head. And it was <laughs> December 20th, 2019. I knew it was a Christmas movie because my family went, my dad and his partner and myself and my sister. That's, that was a thing that we did for like the three years that these, or not three years because they were separ- separated by more than three years. But um, mm-hmm. the, the the new Skywalker um, sequel trilogy we saw in yeah. theaters. And yep. that would have been the last film that I saw in theaters before COVID hit. And so yes. that I, well, I don't have any kids. COVID definitely stayed my, my theater going experience. And mm-hmm. I have seen one film since Top Gun Ooh. Maverick. That was, that was the, that was the film that I saw last summer. And I have not been back to the theaters since. And one thing I wanted to ask you about this whole pass or play rules and regulations. Now that the four years have gone by, three years has gone by since, uh, since COVID first kind of changed everything about going to theaters and streaming services have come up quite a lot. Are we talking about past being, I will never watch it or is it passes in that's not enough to get me into a theater just out of curiosity. 
know what? That's a good question because I do feel like obviously uh, the cost of bringing yourself to a movie theater might be one way. The cost for me bringing my whole family to a movie theater is dramatic. It could be a hundred bucks. Exactly. And plus, yeah, everything involved. So um, let's put it this way. If you feel compelled in a perfect world, Joel, day one uh, of the movie's release, you had access to it either in theater and in theater specifically, like you you feel compelled to actually go to the theater to see it, or day one, if you had the option to, on your home system, see it, would you that day do it? Because right. I think the thing with streaming is we sometimes wait, but by that time we've heard enough about it. Yeah. Or anticipation has built by then. But this is gut instinct day one when it's released. So sometimes movies gain momentum. You know, famously, the Hangover franchise, like, was considered a super dud. It was going to be just thrown away, I think, in the late August uh, time window when summer movies usually are left to die. And it became a massive, massive super hit, um, reviving the R-rated uh, comedy for adults and all this sort of stuff and whatever. But that one I, I've seen uh, in past decades keeps kind of being brought up in this way. But um, we're not talking about momentum movie. We're talking about day one. Are you interested? You have the ability to be in theaters on your own power or in your own home setting, but I'm popping it on. It's I have access to it. So it's day one, your interest in seeing it right. in whatever fashion that is. So. So the first movie on my right now edition list is Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Uh, this I would like to see in theater because it looks like a cool spectacle. It hasn't been out for almost a month, but I have heard very good things from both D&D players as well as um, their kind of relayed reviews from their spouse or uh, other family members that are maybe not as steeped in D&D also really enjoying it. So mm -hmm. it seems like uh, the, the word there would be accessible uh, and an awful lot of fun. So Dungeons and Dragons for me is uh, I'd like to see it in theaters before it goes. And I think that I need to retrain my brain to be default to, yeah, it's perfectly fine to go to see things in theaters now. I don't mind the cost of it. I can usually, because I work from home, I can find a weekday matinee or, or something like that where it's not going to cost me all that much. Right. Um, it's a fun thing to go do with a friend. You know, if you can find someone that's available, uh, that kind of stuff. So um, for me, it's it's no longer that there is a reason not to go to the theater. It's that I have to retrain my brain after three years of stay home. You know, I have to say, <laughs> yeah. look, you know, like I go to the gym four or five times a week. If I'm picking up anything, it's going to be there. It's not going to be at the movie theater, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm just also yeah. really busy too, right? Like I, I stream a lot. I've got the podcast going on and. Uh, again, returning to the gym as you get older, you tend to want to sleep a lot. So like if someone says, hey, you want to go see a movie and it's like a late show at 930? I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't because <laughs> nothing is made these days that's not three hours long and I have to get up at 645 to go to the gym. So right. so, th so there's that too. Um, but yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that in, in theaters. I have heard exactly similar. I've heard um, uh, two of my stalwarts that I reference on the show to my friends um it um, past co-hosts of podcasts and stuff uh one of them dan hall uh is a pretty big D, D guy and he's pretty critical pretty critical of things um and uh, he really enjoyed it he thought he as a D, D player and a dm himself at times you could see some of the mechanics that the movie was trying to do that could easter egg or nod towards if this was a role-playing thing um and uh and 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 he really enjoyed that and he just thought overall i mean he's a big chris pine stan um so i think just the tar charm of chris pine as i believe the bard type character is of course probably going to carry that movie because he's great um and i think that's a great class of dnd character for him to play um but yeah it's a big play for me if i had access to it today if it was streaming on any of my devices um, at this point, um, for free, I would, I'd be, I'd be playing it right away. So, and obviously if I had access to go to a theater, I was invited to go. Um, uh, our kids were uh, sick a little bit this last week, so I wasn't able to bump out with some other dads, but, um, yeah, I was really excited and am excited to see, uh, Dunstans and Dragons honor among these whenever I can. Next on the list, which you mentioned, I think that you have seen, uh, is Super Mario Bros. The movie. And, uh, I will say yes. 100% interested. I 
saw the trailer originally and I've, I've actually been skipping the other trailers because I feel like with animated films these days, unfortunately, they tend to oversell them and they show you an awful lot in the trailers. And mm -hmm. I like the little one-off moments in those films as an animator from years ago. I just really appreciate all that kind of stuff. And Illumination does really good work and uh, I've heard very good things. I went out to uh, the pub with a couple of, of uh, friends last Thursday and one of them who had kids uh, took his oldest to their first movie. Uh, James the Civilian, as a matter of fact, that's been on this show. Uh, and he had very good things to say about the Super Mario Brothers movie. And uh, as someone that is a Nintendo fan and grew up playing Nintendo, still plays Nintendo, uh, he said the same thing he, he thought about um, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons film, which is that it, it is accessible. So there's something mm -hmm. for everybody in the Super Mario Brothers movie. And apparently it's just really, really good. And so I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. That's on my on my list. It seems so bright and colorful and fun. Like that's the kind of thing like I'd like to go and see because at home with a lot of the streaming services, I've actually canceled Netflix for the time being just because every time I go searching for things with the exception of shows like maybe Ted Lasso or a couple of, of animated things on Netflix that I mean, I ended up finishing like everything is just so dark and dreary. It's like post-apocalyptic, like the yeah. world is ending. Nothing mm. is bright and colorful. And so I'm looking forward to seeing Super Mario Brothers in theaters. Let me give you some context. One, I saw it for a child's birthday. So the theater had been rented out. It was all parents and their children. We brought both Emmy and Ainsley, a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Wow. By the time we got in our seats, we were in the second row, staring up at the massive screen. Uh, and this was the first time we were ever in theaters with our two children who at home will generally sit through movies um, for about 45 minutes and almost always only movies with songs. And it went great. It was probably one of the paramount moments as a parent right now I've had. The wow. movie was great. The experience was great. It just everything worked out great. Ainsley was the only one the last 20 minutes getting up to walk between her chair and my, and. Laura and I's chairs to get little M&Ms and that distracted her enough to get her through the climax. And that was great. It's a really tight 90 minute movie. And just back to your original point, I think a very smart for children, B very smart for anything that bright and bombastic as far as characters and colors. Like at some point your brain, like that's the one thing about the Avengers films that are really fun, but sometimes you go back and you're like, wow, my eyes feel like they've been like sucked out of their sockets. Cause like, and I'm sure this will be the case with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, is like, I love that the Marvel films are so bright and splashy and boom and so much is happening. But when it's over three hours, your brain and your eyes are just sucked dry sometimes. So 90 minutes for a Super Mario Brothers film was really smartly done. I agree with the Illumination thing. I think as a studio now, I kind of put them right behind Pixar as far as the best CGI studio out there. Um, well, for like storytelling and whatnot. Um but also the the graphics of this was really great um and i was a i was very skeptical across the board all the character all the actors um but uh chris pratt was was good um charlie day was good and honestly i think what was surprising to me who ended up being less obtrusive than i thought they were going to be was um jack black as bowser i thought it was going to be now of course it's a lot more bowser fun for the kids type of bowser um but he straight up is quite menacing enough that he does a great balance at times when he first showed up emmy was scared in theaters but by the end emmy was enjoying a lot of it because they do a good balance of like what well, we kind of grew up in the 80s with some of these skeletor type bad guys which were like menacing yeah. to look at and at times would do something that you're like oh god that's right they're, they're not good people but then they would have just enough, just enough there that could balance them out uh, uh, that would prevent you from just being utterly like terrified and, and pulling the sheets up. So um, no horned kings here, more Skeletors as far as Bowser's concerned. But um, And if you don't know anything about the film, I won't spoil it, but there's going to be an earworm besides the classic Mario Brothers songs that will come out of this movie for you, Joel. Um, for better or for worse, there's going to be uh, <laughs> some music stuff that's going to come out. And if you have children, be prepared for the next however many months of your life for it to be uh, uh, certain songs over and over again. But it's great. My girls like to listen to uh, Super Mario 
brothers uh, music now. And uh, yeah, I could gush about it. Maybe once you've seen it, I'll come back on the show or I'll listen when you touch somebody else. But it's good. I'd like to talk about it on the show for sure. And I mean, it's it's breaking records. 377 million globally in the first 10 days. I don't think it's been released in Japan yet. It's surpassed Frozen 2's 358 million earnings. And mm -hmm. it's on track to surpassing like 5 billion or something like that to, to enter into like the 13 films, you know, around the world that are like the, t the top earners, you know, uh, people, mm -hmm. I don't know all the back, you know, data on it, but people are projecting that by the time it's done, it's run, it might be up there with things like avatar, um, star Wars, like that kind of thing. Uh, but the fact An that it's not, that yeah, was, yeah. The fact that it's knocking at the doors of something like frozen two is, spectacular and great for illumination like i think it's it's very cool that they've got you know the the super mario brothers franchise and that they can potentially make more hopefully not more of the same but like maybe they can do other nintendo stuff like i mean people would lose their minds for a zelda movie i'd imagine so yeah i, I imagine yeah yeah so there definitely could be, there yeah. could be more and when things like this are good and do very well financially, especially with how expensive animated films are. It does open the doors for, for other investments and stuff. So that could be very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, in a completely different tone, John Wick 4. <laughs> uh, and this is something that I will say I am very interested in seeing, but it's not going to get me into the theaters. Uh, it's generally usually a short run. Um, I, again, have a very busy schedule. I like the films, but they're something that I really kind of enjoy at home. Kind of like I watched the first three at home. I don't even know if I finished the third one. Uh, and not because I didn't mm -hmm. like it. I just got distracted and I just never got back to it. Um, but I do like them. I just, I, I don't think I need to see them in a theater. Uh, I, I just like kind of experiencing them at home. So John Wick 4 is one of those things like, yeah, I'll see it when it's available on streaming. And it'll probably be like, when it comes available on streaming, that's my weekend movie. Like that's my Saturday night sort of chill uh, thing yeah. with John Wick 4. How about you? I'm exactly the same. I'd say play, um, but um, I also saw all three of them after the fact by the time they came to HBO Max in the States. Um, I think probably I still prefer watching these on devices at home because it's an action film and modern action films. John Wick's a little bit better, but um, they still have a lot of jump cuts. They still have a lot of like, oh, everyone's wearing black. I hope I hope somebody I like is not dying because I don't know what's happening. Um, so, but what I've loved most about the John Wick films, truly, and this is really silly, is they constantly show him reloading his gun. And in modern action films, if you know anything, the fact that they at least show that detail is phenomenal because you're used to the classic six, you know, re six bullet revolver person somehow shooting like a 900 bullets in a scene. And like those things aren't fast. So the fact that he is an efficient killer and they show that little bit, those details are, I think, what have made the John Wick franchise really interesting for me. Um, you got to see the end of John Wick 3, though, Joel, because John Wick 4 is relying very heavily on that, just like oh, John yes. Wick yeah. 3 was off of 2. Okay, so just make sure the John Wick films are not um, necessarily like, uh, I've lost track, but Mission Impossible films where they kind of still encapsulate themselves a right. little bit with small details that carry over. The John Wick films are an ongoing story. 100%. So you definitely got to catch up with all of them. But I will also play that as well. I think I'm going to rewatch three. Like I, I forget enough. Yeah. I remember one and two because I'm pretty sure I've watched one a couple of times. And I'm, I think I rewatched two before I watched three. So I think I've seen the first two a couple of times. Uh, I mean, they're all they're worth watching anyway. They're just a lot of fun. Um, I know what mm -hmm. you mean about the reloading, though, because I mean, and I thought to myself when I'm watching, it's like, man, he's re reloading a lot. And I thought, well, he is putting entire clips into people. So he's kind, <laughs> yeah. he's kind of out like you are yeah. when you fight John Wick, you are dead, 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 dead. <laughs> like there's no question, yeah. you know, like you are yeah. you're full of holes, uh, which I, I, I found um, both like a little excessive, but also kind of entertaining. Like it, they do such a good job of like skirting the line of like over the top versus like, well, <laughs> whatever like it's a secret yeah. society of killers we got to have a little bit of fun here uh the last movie on my right now list is 65 which is a sci-fi action thriller starring adam driver and while he's a good actor i'm not a big horror thriller person so i won't be seeing this in theaters it also uh because it has been out for a little bit it's getting pretty bum reviews 5.5 on imdb out of 10 
35% on Rotten Tomatoes, 40% on Metacritic. It is not landing very well. Remind me, it's basically, it, it's, he's like in 65 million years. So it's like, he's kind of been time shot. I think like so. A Jurassic period. And it's slightly like that. Yeah. I think right now the, the thing that if I can just slingshot to the future, like as this superhero phase maybe phases out maybe burns out the way westerns and and army movies sort of phased out as as my generation uh grew up a, a lot with that and super spies um and now a superhero has been possibly phased out i think again we'll see a resurgence of um high fantasy kind of dungeons and dragons showing that a little bit you could i guess kind of say that about super mario brothers a little bit uh it's more high fantasy than it is um science fiction and then high science fiction and i think you know people like chris nolan have proven for a long time high science fiction has a place peter jackson has proven high fantasy has a place so eventually i think those big genres will again bring a lot more power lately but because of that when you kind of have a lull and that sort of stuff, I feel like the quality for, you know, like a studio is going to get the script for 65 and be like, well, we have these nine other big films we want to work on. Let's put our best people on them, uh, potentially. Or some of the best writers in Hollywood are going to be like, I can't sell a script that takes place 65 million years ago. So I'm focusing on that. So sometimes the talent gets drawn towards the bigger, more popular things uh, for better, or for worse um until you know new people come up and they're like hey i'm fresh i'm hungry i don't want to do what everyone else is doing i need to make a name for ourselves." and then that's when you get kind of the 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 genre breakers um out there so i'm gonna pass on 65 as well that's it for me what uh what's kicking off your list all right so coming up right around the fresh corners ready to suck the sauce out of your eyeballs that sounds terrible tears tears also sounds really sad ready to just dry your eyeballs out with spectacle and liven your vocal cords with laughter, hopefully, uh, is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, um, the much-anticipated third Guardians film. Since Endgame, we're back. The whole, uh, if you followed it, if you haven't, just the whole back-and-forth saga with Peter Gunn and his involvement with this franchise and the whole DC stuff um, is a very interesting inside baseball Hollywood type of thing. Um, but regardless, Peter Gunn is back with the Guardians. They're one big happy family, uh, supposedly. And um, here they are. They're out with a new film. Um, I'm pretty excited because of, you know, Guardians was the first Guardians was a big surprise. I think it caught everybody off guard. I think everyone was literally circling it as the, the MCU's biggest major super flop. Um, never realizing that Thor 2 should really be considered its big super flop. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Guardians... They still continue to be really enjoyable. I enjoy a lot of what, what they've done. I s believe this might be the last hurrah as far as voice acting is concerned for Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel and uh, Rocket and Groot, respectively. I have no idea, literally have researched nothing to know if they have continued those contracts the same way they kind of got um, Hemsworth, Downey, and Chris Evans to continue on with their characters through the Avengers Endgame part of things um so it, there could be a big shakeup in the guardians world after this film could not who knows but i'm gonna play this one for sure uh play for me as well and uh i have been avoiding trailers beyond the first teaser i saw some tiktok reactions to additional trailers and people voicing their concerns about you know potential characters you know dying and whatnot and i thought you know what i'm just i'm gonna go see it i'd rather go in cold <laughs> uh again with uh, with movie franchises and movies uh especially when they're trying to kick off the next phase of marvel stuff they really are hard selling a lot of these things and i feel like they overdo it sometimes and they ex they'd be better off to play it secretive i think um the mm -hmm. the guardians of the galaxy movies are not my top movies when i rewatch, you know the marvel cinematic universe from time to time yeah. that i they are usually ones that i skip um they are fun and they're beautiful. Like I, they're so colorful compared to a lot of the other stuff. Cause he, even like Captain America got kind of dark, you know, like a lot of oh, everything, they, yeah. everything got muted and it, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. I like, I like my Captain America stuff, but, um, I, I do like the bright nebula space travel 
dudes covered in gold. Like it's just there's all kinds of craziness with the Guardians of the Galaxy. There's a talking raccoon. Like you get you get some you get some <laughs> leeway, you know, in terms of creativity and stuff. And um the only thing that I'll say is and this is a me thing, I don't like awkward humor and they tend to to hammer that stuff a lot in Guardians of the Galaxy. It's <laughs> not as bad as Thor love and thunder like it's not like write the joke on a bat and beat you with it until you're blind it's it's a little bit more subtle than that but um they're not always my favorite moments a lot of that stuff has to do with Drax or Mantis um but weirdly I really enjoyed the holiday special so I haven't you know, seen it so I haven't seen that worth so. worth checking I mean it's very Christmassy so maybe wait and watch it although I don't know if there's gonna be there's a little bit of a plot in there that you might want to <laughs> <laughs> bring yourself be up aware of, well yeah. like classic disney you yeah know, yeah. Like, yeah it's fine. the weaving we'll is i'll try and catch it at some point that's a play for me i'd like to go see it you know you say that just i've noticed maybe what they've done i'm probably totally wrong but just off the top of my head a lot of the mcu right now the cosmic based stuff the space stuff mm -hmm. has been really bright if you look at captain marvel you look at guardians you look at yeah um, what they've done with some of these things um they've always been pretty bright but a lot of our classic earthbound heroes yeah, over the the series of those franchises have kind of gotten a little bit less. So Ant-Man had to go to, I guess, the quantum verse. I haven't seen that, but it looks bright and splashy again because it's not of Earth. So terrestrial things seem to have gotten this weird muted filter, but they're still pumping out the bright classic Marvel uh, color scheme for uh, the other realms of the universe. So speaking of realms of universe, terrestrial stuff, things that probably continue on probably long past we're dead, Joel. We've got Fast X, Fast 10, Fast and Furious, number 10, coming out May 19th in the States. What is your verdict? Hard pass. Saw the first one whenever it came out in theaters years ago and have not seen any others. That was a quick answer. Quickly, I will also answer pass, but I will put this caveat. For Biggest Fan, my old podcast a long time ago, I did the franchise and I was pretty oh, wow. much just laughing at it. We timed it up so Fast Five was coming out. And up until that point, I really thought that the franchise was just pretty much a joke. Fast Five, as its own film, can kind of stand alone as a pretty solid heist movie. I think Fast Five is one of the few. You haven't revisited since the first one. If you ever find yourself, it's it's still got all the problems with sort of the event, but but like it's still well built. I think that was the point where somebody came into the franchise, did something different, it worked really well, and then that propelled the rest of these, which is probably, in my opinion, gone down in quality since. But again, Fast Five is the one I recommend, but pass on Fast X. Coming to theaters in a live action form, Disney's classic The Little Mermaid on May 26th in the States. How do you feel about this, Joel? Hard pass. I'm not interested in any of the live action remakes that Disney is doing. That is interesting. You would think as a family, well, of course my girls are interested in it. We'll probably will see it. So it's going to be a play, but I also have been kind of confused by the live action remakes because it feels like Disney is realizing that if they redo the exact movie to some degree, even down to maybe the songs, that then they could still cash a paycheck, which is frustrating to me because if you're going to make a remake, you need to be making a new statement. But that's probably just me as an old person. So uh, it's going to be a play in the Vola household. Uh, as a personal person, if I was on an island by myself, it would be a pass. Uh, but don't let anybody outside this uh, room hear that. Um, okay, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, June 2nd in the States, the much-anticipated sequel to Spider-Man uh, Cred, uh, what was the first one called? Into the Spider-Verse. There you go. Okay. Anyway, pass or play for this, Joel? Oh, play. 100% play. You're a big fan of the first one? Yeah, I really enjoyed the first one. I think I missed it in theaters. I did end up watching it at home. And what was really cool about it was because I watched it at home, I think, after I got my Govi reaction lights on my TV. So... Talking about bright, colorful films, like this was a really fun thing. And I remember seeing it going like, I really should have gone to see this in theater. Like this was a, that was a misstep. So I'm 100% seeing across the Spider-Verse in theaters. In theaters. Okay. That was my next question. It's like, is this one going to push you into mm -hmm. theaters? So, so far on the list, Guardians, you're going to play, but Spider-Verse right now might be the one movie we've mentioned that is going to propel you to get out to theaters to see it, correct? Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, it looks great. It's a big play for me. I was really, really, really 
pleased and surprised by all the big choices made in it um in the first one and the animation looks right on point i mean it looks like they're just going to continue straight out of what they did the first time um and that's great i I think it hopefully the depth of the storytelling they had in the first one continues and they don't they don't um have any uh step backs on any particular thing but uh from the very loose teasers i've seen i'm like you joel i try and avoid as much as possible also i just don't have access to a lot of it unless i seek it now not watching a lot of live live television but um but yeah i'm really excited about it and i'll be interested to see where miles finds himself uh in the next film so um all right the next film you might not be as aware of so i'll try and give a little bit more context it's called the boogeyman comes out june uh 2nd in the states whoops maybe um they're trying to cash in on anybody who isn't going to spend all their money to go see spider-man um it's based on a, a short uh story by stephen king and apparently this was scheduled just to go to Hulu for streaming services, but that tested really well. So they're going to put it out in theaters. Probably again in classic Hollywood tradition of putting out something spooky and more adult on the opposite spectrum of the big splashy summer blockbuster that could be for families. Maybe that's why it's out June 2nd. But um, basically it's two girls in a house. They have a, they've lost their mother. Their father's a therapist. And then they have a weird creepy possibly supernatural visitor that day that evening who is there to um i believe to some degree prey upon uh their emotions and their their um like the the trauma of their mother's passing true stephen king both physical and emotional and psychological uh horror uh, seems to be possibly involved here. I know your stance on horror films, but I always have to add them, Joel. So please let me know. <laughs> pass or play on the Boogeyman? Yeah, hard pass. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say pass. And this is one that sure I might visit some point in time, but I'm not propelled in this moment to go see it. So I'm going to go ahead and hit pass for the Boogeyman as well. Next up, a franchise that is has some serious up and downs. But on television recently, seems to have had a a pretty good resurgence based on our conversations, Joel. So are you going to pass or play the new live-action big big tentpole Transformers Rise of the Beasts out June 9th in the States? I I probably have been too jaded by them to go see it in theater. So I will probably watch it just because it is Transformers and they were such a big part of my childhood. But that's the kind of thing where like, I'll watch it the weekend it comes out on streaming. But I've just not seen enough of uh, home runs from the Transformers franchise to go see it in theater. I think the last that I saw in theater was Bumblebee which I really liked. Mm -hmm. And this is supposed to be the spiritual sequel to both Bumblebee and last night, which I think was the last film that the Transformers put out. So I don't know. I, I liked beast wars when I, when it was on TV, it's terribly dated. Um, The stuff in the trailer looks cool at first, but the more you see of the beast wars Transformers, the less interesting they look like Optimus primal is gray. And there's like, you can't see any detail on them. Like anything that they learned from the bubble me movie, they feel like they've unlearned now on the flip, you know, Optimus prime is a proper square, you know, uh, is it, I think it's a Mack truck. So they're no longer, uh, beholden to like the GMC, you know, Chevy contracts. So, <laughs> so they, they look different. Peter Cullen is back as prime. Like it's really tempting, but I think the track record just says it's a, it's a pass for me for theaters, but I'll, I'll play it eventually. Okay. In the spirit of things, referee Bracket will step in and say, anybody keeping school, Joel's passing on yeah. this movie. He will eventually <laughs> see it, but his gut reaction is to pass on it. So, um, like, if, if you're, like, yeah, yeah. He's speeding towards watching a film. This one he is passing by in his rearview mirror, possibly passing by in your rearview mirror, not leaning one way or the other. Joel strays out the same weekend, June 9th in the States, is a Will Ferrell uh I think it's Jamie Foxx. Uh, sorry, I haven't pulled it back up, but they're voicing live action dogs. So talking dogs in live action. Sweet. It's a comedy. What do you think about strays? Joel? Hard pass for two reasons. One, I don't watch those kind of films. And two, Will Ferrell out. Not oh. interested. Oh, okay. 
yeah out on Will Ferrell. All right. I'm also going to pass on it as well. I think the talking jo- dog thing, I know this is probably going to be more geared towards adults than it would be something like, you know, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey back with uh, Michael J. Fox and whatnot. But um, I just, I think as, as a genre, it's it's not something that's grabbing me in any direction. So we'll, yeah, it's going to be a pass for me as well. Oh boy. Talk about superheroes, drama, Hollywood inside baseball. Do not look up all the ins and outs that came from the Flash movie uh, if you're interested or excited to see it, because I think that is why I can't, I'm having a real hard time struggling with deciding on pass or play for The Flash uh, coming out June 16th in the States, uh, starring Ezra Miller. Um, also, well, I won't spoil it, but there's some other big, big names that are involved with this. This is supposed to help kind of reset, oh boy, for like the 100th time, the DC cinematic universe a little bit. Um, and they're still supposedly planning for it to be part of that reset. So Joel, The Flash... Where do you stand on that? Pass. Don't like Ezra Miller as the Flash, regardless of anything in his personal life. I didn't like him in any of the other, you know, films that he was in. And I don't think that James Gunn, like, it just doesn't. DC is a dumpster fire as far as films go for me. Every time I try to give it a shot, they just disappoint me. And so I'm not interested at all. I, I will I'll wait to see if and when DC decides for the fourth time to redo Superman and see what people say before I'm ever giving DC a chance again. The, the fact that James Gunn has had to have like two or three video blog releases to explain what's going on doesn't bode well for, for <laughs> me, for what they're planning. And the plan sounds dumb. Like it's like we're launching with the Flash movie that we've spent too much money on that we have to release and the other films that are coming are here's three franchises. And I'm just like, I'm a pretty solid DC, you know, hero fan. And I didn't recognize any of the franchises outside of Superman. I was like, okay, I've got no idea what they're doing. And I mean, maybe some hardcore DC fans do, but like, to me, it's just like, they're, they're just too far up their own butts. Like I just, it just doesn't appeal. It's, it's reactionary. DC at this point has reacted so much to what the Marvel MCU has done that they keep trying to retread similar thought patterns. They keep trying to get a big time mine, in this case, uh, uh, James Gunn, um, to come out and help fix and redo everything. Zack Snyder was supposed to be that mind um, and uh, it didn't work then. They also keep trying to do Okay, so Dark Knight was dark. Let's make dark superheroes. Well, Marvel succeeded because their characters were bright and fun and had a sense of humor. And the story and the emotions and the arcs they went through could touch on things that were heavy or dark. And that would be where that would come from. But the whole plot of the movie wasn't dark and broody. Even to even for characters that you, you would think Hulk would be incredibly broody. They finally got Hulk right with the Avengers film. And since then, I feel like they've done a pretty good job with the Hulk franchise. They've really self-corrected there. Um, DC reacts in all these different ways. They keep putting out. I feel like Aquaman, which was kind of like wet Thor, was fun. The first Shazam was fun. Those tried to do something. And so now they're like, let's take more obscure characters so we can really fail big maybe on them or hit big and then build off of those. But it's still it's all reactionary. It's all very after. I, I don't, I don't see the the thought process of the DC minds being like, let's n- not just exactly look at something and blueprint it or try and tweak our blueprint. And um, I'm also incredibly nervous about yet another Superman film, mostly because um, as Superman is my favorite character, I'm staring at a little st- a statue of him. I just, I continue to be worried over and over and over again with, with this what the character has been through um, over the years. So I'm going to pass on The Flash as well. Uh, coming out the same weekend in the States, actually all of the next two are also coming out the same weekend in the States, June 16th, Elemental, the Pixar film. Um, if you're not aware of this one, basically there's a world of elements, you know, walking fire spirits, walking water spirits, walking tree, you know, and all the elements of the earth. 
every part of the city has their own sort of thing. I have heard this dub sort of like is Pixar's um, Zootopia. Um, and to some degree, some of the teasers look similar to that, although it might be a little bit less societally commentative the way Zootopia was in some ways if you watched it. But anyway, Elemental by Pixar coming out June 16th in the States. Joel, pass or play? Play, because um, I'm I'm really interested in this kind of thing. I find that whenever Pixar breaks the mold, then I get surprised. And when they don't, lately it seems to let me down. Uh, so, for example, uh, Inside Out, loved it. Really surprised by it. Uh, Coco, absolutely loved Coco. Uh, Onward, another slightly different take for Pixar. Loved it. And then didn't see Soul. Saw Luca, wasn't the best. Turning Red, I never finished it. Uh, Lightyear, mm. liked that. And so I'm I'm looking forward to, to Elemental. I see. Yeah, yeah. I could see what you're saying. It definitely seems like they're trying to create a different entire type of world to the point where you're like wow pixar is just constantly giving uh disney more ideas for theme park additions because of how they keep creating from the ground up worlds but um all that inside baseball aside um i'm actually going to pass i know and i think it's because pixar's track record now again i was younger i was single Every Pixar film that came out when I was all the way up until the movie Up uh, was a must watch because Pixar just had this amazing track record, even to the point where like Cars, when I saw it in theaters, I was like, hey, it wasn't as bad as I thought. And I now have a slight appreciation for Cars, even as weak as it is compared to those original, I think, 10 or so. But um, I won't lie, even things like Toy Story 4, uh, at points I just felt, oh, yeah, I feel like we're missing or we're stretching or... And, you know, I love Turning Red, but Luca did not hit for me. Lightyear was great for what it was trying to do, but I want more films from Pixar that are trying to do that, just not trying to do that from a franchise they have. Like, Yes, um, I agree with that, and, yeah. Yeah, so, like, if Pixar came out with, I don't know, like, if they came out with a basically a Spider-Man-type character, like, if they were doing you know, like a Thor CGI film. Well, we've seen Thor, but let's just, just any character, you know, in the sort of Lightyear style, that would be interesting too. But Lightyear is a character I've seen before. So I'm going to pass. It, it's tough. I think eventually we will see this in the household. So outside this room, it's a play. For me in this moment, it, Elemental is a pass. Um, the last June 16th release, probably released in a limited release because that's usually what happens with Wes Anderson films. If you're familiar with the auteur, uh, he's the guy behind um, the Royal Tenenbaums, Darjeeling Limited, Grand Budapest Hotel, um, so on and so forth. Uh, he's coming out with Asteroid City, uh, which, of course, has a lot of his popular band of cohorts like James or um, Jason Schwartzman, but also is adding people like Brian Cranston, who I don't believe has shown up in another one of his films. And the one that keeps showing up in the trailer is Tom Hanks is in a Wes Anderson film. So it's Tom Hanks' bucket list of working with so on and so forth, a director or a writer uh, before he uh, leaves this earth, at, hopefully in the far, far, far future. Um, but in, in weird things, when I heard he was <laughs> Tom Hanks in a Boz Lerman film for Elvis and now in a Wes Anderson film, I'm like, Tom Hanks is just telling his agent, like, give me in whoever's movie at this point. So when I'm gone, people are like, look at everybody he touched in Hollywood. So um, Asteroid City, I don't really know anything about the plot, but if it's West Anderson film, you can bet it's a quirky bunch of people in a quirky place that are doing quirky things and so forth, uh, probably with conflicts that are centered around um, stationary not being the right color or uh, <laughs> strange everyday things um, not being quite right. So anyway, Asteroid City, what do you say, Joel? Play for me. Uh, I really enjoy Tom Hanks. I liked the Grand Budapest Hotel. I saw that in, on home video, but uh, this is the kind of thing where I have to remind myself that this is an interesting movie and I should make the effort to go to the theater to see it because I want to see it. I don't have to wait for this to hit home video, right? This is something that I would go see in theater as something different. Like I try to pull a, a note from uh, Steven's book, co-host on the show, um, he's trying to also see 
films that he wouldn't necessarily deem as like, you know, box office, like blockbusters in theater. He's trying to go see more films that he wouldn't necessarily see in theaters this year. And I think that that's where uh, Asteroid City pulls me. So play for me. I'm going to also play. I think generally I try and catch every Wes Anderson film. There's been some hits, misses. Kind of my, I'll just rehash my Pixar thing, you know. It, it, I, but at this point, um, I have I've missed a few of the past ones, so it's been enough of a lull. I'm back and back in big for a Wes Anderson film. Next up, I put on here simply for myself, Joel. No hard feelings coming out June 23rd. It's a R-rated comedy starring. Hey, guess what? Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. So of course it's going to make it on this list. <laughs> it's basically looks like uh um uh, well i guess middle-aged at this point because we all are uh jennifer lawrence character is sort of like a loser type and is going to be hired by this child's family to be his girlfriend slash like first sex experience uh so that he can man up it the trailer is quite strange the whole concept's quite strange but if you grew up in the 80s like and 90s like joel and i did this was a strange thing that would happen a lot. There'd be a comedy about mostly boys losing their virginity and the hijinks around it. Well, guess what? Those those kids have grown up and now are writing movies. So, of course, this movie is coming out. Uh, I'll start, Joel. It's going to be a play for me because, again, I love Jennifer Lawrence. She's like one of my top three favorite ladies out there um, in this sort of proverbial, you know, Mount Rushmore of Hollywood starlets that I love. Uh, obviously um but for you joel pass or play on no hard feelings pass for me i generally don't like stuff like this despite really enjoying jennifer lawrence and knowing that she's a phenomenal actor i just it's not the type of film i'm generally interested in perfect all right well talk about things that should be for our general interest i'm oof, boy this is really making my chest tight both emotionally and anxiety riddled um, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, our fifth Indiana Jones film, possibly our final. We, we said that about Crystal Skull and they came up with a five. I don't know. Harrison Ford's still kicking around, but uh, out in the States, June 30th, pass or play. And I'm going to put a caveat on this, Joel. This is one you have to go see in theaters or you'll never see it in your life. Are you going to pass or play on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? I'm going to say play just because of my investment in the series. Okay. Despite the disappointment of Crystal Skull, uh, I will hang the success of Picard season three on me thinking, you know, I will probably enjoy this. If I can see past some of the shortcomings that I see in the trailer, then then I think that I'll probably enjoy Indy 5. And it's the kind of thing where I'd like to get a couple of guys together that are all my age. You know, we'll all go and then go for beer afterwards, that kind of thing. People that grew up mm-hmm. watching the Indiana Jones trilogy, big Harrison Ford fans, that kind of thing. So it's a pat, it's a, sorry, it's a play for me. Um, but I'm, I'm just, I'm also fingers crossed that it doesn't look like a green screen dumpster fire. Like it, there's some scenes in the trailers look awesome and other scenes look ridiculous, like n- not real at all. And so I'm I'm hoping it looks better in theaters than the trailer. Yeah, I think unfortunately they could still do more practical effects if their main actor and hero could more practically do things. Bless them. I'm sure Ford can still kick it around. But watching him move around and shrinking on Apple TV, which shout out was a fantastic show. Wow, he he looks old. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. he leans into it. He plays somebody with Parkinson's. So of course, if he's a good actor, you know, he's got to portray that bit. But he, he looks old. He looks like he's moving pretty slow. So they filmed um, Indiana Jones, obviously, a little bit uh, before shrinking and whatnot. But uh, yeah, if I was held to my same standard, like I should, unless I'm a hypocrite, if I only could see Indiana Jones 5 in theaters or never, I would make the effort um, because Indiana Jones is my just my favorite. Him and Superman are just my, my tent poles. I, I grew up with them. And uh, even if it's Ford's last, even I am an apologist to some degree for Crystal Skull. I find I back to Stephen's point, like not in the sense of like supporting the movies that are not as big. But what I've come to try to realize as I get older is like, why? Why would I sit down and watch a film to completion if 
I'm just hating it the whole time. If, if it's something that has some elements that I loved, why not just enjoy those? And at the end of the day, Crystal Skull was not a good film. And it's not even one that I would really want other people to see. But I'm, at the time, only going to get so much more Indiana Jones with Harrison Ford. So why not enjoy the 30 to 40 minutes of that film that I thought was actually pretty good? Um, and uh, just appreciate that for what it is. So hopefully Dial of Destiny has 30 to 40 good minutes, if not a full two hours, that I can really enjoy. Um, next up, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Doesn't make me excited that they've already named it Part 1. Uh, Joel, pass or play on Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, July twenty or July 14th in the States. It's a pass for me. They are always the same. It's always some squirrely, weird way and secretive way of getting to the exact same ending. I don't find that Tom Cruise really stretches much in these films. It's it's they're pretty kind of well, they're action heavy, which is what they're supposed to be. Uh, and despite liking Haley Atwell so much uh, and she's the the I guess the female lead in this, I just not not on board. I don't need more. I wish that they would do new films like this that weren't part of a franchise. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're you, you don't know how. Like maybe if this was just a completely new hero, but because it's Tom Cruise, he can get the money behind it. He puts his own money. He puts you know his own bones on yeah. the line for these films. Um, I agree. If if it's a pass for me, if if uh, Henry Cavill couldn't get me with his uh, reloading his forearms meme out to see the the one he was in, and I haven't seen any since Ghost Protocol, which was four. Uh, not gonna not gonna see these maybe someday I'll, I'll i'll be in a nursing home watching all of these over and over again um next up is chris nolan's oppenheimer uh based off of the very uh well the mostly famous scientist who created the atomic bomb or helped create the atomic bomb for the united states um it's out july 21st in the states likely another chris noland type of film that's going to have some very interesting filmmaking elements to tell a pretty straightforward story probably in a not very straightforward way uh joel oppenheimer is that a pass or play for you a pass okay uh i'm going to pass it as well i passed dunkirk so and i passed tenet uh eventually i saw both but um unfortunately nolan is again i'm i'm sort of in the pixar realm there where kind of had some misses um the same weekend joel uh july 21st i feel like i know the answer but margot robbie stars as barbie in the live action barbie film with ryan gosling hey some good chops and greta gerwig very cool um director behind the helm here for barbie are you interested in pass or play pass for me but not because i don't think it has maybe legs to be entertaining i just know it's not meant for me right like my sister might really enjoy it because she grew up playing with barbies and was part of mm. that whole scene in in the 80s and is very much a child of that era uh so i can see it doing well for those that it's made for but you're not going to get me to go see it i think barbie will be uh of all the things on this list might be the one that's it could end up being a surprise huge hit um and they just make um you know more barbie films slash more again more toy based films um but i think that's because of the people involved and and not necessarily the material but you know barbie hasn't had great material so i'm gonna hit play for barbie haunted mansion uh, a second attempt by disney to make something out of that uh disney classic ride into a film um the big name that i know from the trailer offhand is uh Owen Wilson is in it. Uh, it comes out July 28th in the States. Is it pass or play on Haunted Mansion for you, Joel? Pass for all the same reasons I mentioned about The Little Mermaid. Like, I just wish they would put money into something original, you know, uh, yeah. and, and come up with something new. It would be way more entertaining and way more fun. For example, Zootopia. I think Zootopia might be the last disney film that i really really enjoyed i'd have to look up to see which other ones have come out because i get confused sometimes between disney and pixar but the disney films that have come out recently none of them have been appealing to me uh, i'm gonna play it and for the same reason that i still played muppets uh, haunted mansion on disney streaming is the haunted mansion still has cachet for me uh, i'll probably watch it and try and enjoy what i can out of it but muppets haunted mansion honestly was both quite creepy and quite good. I really, I really recommend that one. So I'm gonna give Haunted Mansion a try uh, with a play here. Next up, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
out August 4th. We're in the dreaded August window of things as kids go back to school and people are tired of movies, but we're putting out a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's backed by Seth, um, Seth Rogen, who apparently has been working uh, behind the scenes on, on some of these films I think I was reading. And uh, this leans more towards the original incarnation of Teenage Mutant Turtles, not the 80s and 90s cartoon, but more the comic books they were built off of. That's why the animation looks a little bit more scratchy and whatnot. And I get Spider-Verse vibes of what they're trying to do here with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, Joel, for you, is it a pass or play? Oh, it's a definite play. Uh, I think that looks fantastic. And again, learning my lesson from not seeing Into the Spider-Verse in theaters uh, and having seen the trailer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles recently, uh, it looks fun. It, I will go into it knowing it looks like it's aimed at much younger audience members. Like the turtles in the trailer are like 13 or 14, it feels like. They're not mm-hmm. uh, older. And and mm-hmm. I, I mean, again, I grew up watching Ninja Turtles. And I think other animated Ninja Turtle franchises have done well. There was a film a little while ago that had Patrick Stewart as the villain, I think, in it voicing. And that was pretty good. Uh, I am struggling to remember if I've seen any of the recent animated television shows for Turtles, but a lot of them were on like Cartoon Network or or uh, other US television networks that I don't have access to, that I don't have streaming access to because they, they were on like traditional television and so uh, it's been a little while. But yeah, definitely on board to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm going to hit pass. I grew up with the Ninja Turtles, but I've never since. That's one of the few franchises I've kind of grown out of. I just, so I, I probably have to come to this later. But if it's a gut instinct, I'm going to pass on it. I'm going to pass on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem CGI film. I'm going to flip the last two because I'm more interested in one of them. I know your answer for one one of these two, and I don't the other. So I'm going to skip to Blue Beetle coming out August 18th. It's one of the DC Universe movies, Joel. Is it a pass or a play for you? It's a pass because, again, I don't think that DC is proceeding with the right... They don't have the right motivation, I don't think. And if you're leading your first film, your benchmark film after the flash with the blue beetle, and you're not trying to go with one of your main mainstays. I think that that's a, an issue. And I think, again, I think they're forcing it. I think they want to put films out quickly and they don't have the actors or the story to move the tentpole characters like wonder woman, Batman, Superman, green lantern, Granted, it's been a while since we've seen a Green Lantern on the big screen, but I, I think that it's not been long enough since the other films that people are like wanting, you know, a new a new hero. It's it's like Marvel had waited long enough between the previous Spider-Man films to introduce Spider-Man into the Marvel Cinematic Universe to where fans were very excited. And it, yeah. if it had been two or three years since Andrew Garfield finished his run as Spider-Man, people would be just like, wait, wait a second. Didn't we just have Spider-Man? So I, I think that that's, um, that's an important thing to note. And that's why I think that DC is rushing. If DC wanted to knock it out of the park, they would do nothing for like 10 years and then come back and do what, what they want. Joel, that doesn't that doesn't get people paid. That gets people fired, Joel. Come on. <laughs> so Blue Beetle is one of these deep cut type of heroes. They got a redo, and I think they're going with the redo one. I forget his first name. I think his last name's Ray's. Um, it's more the type if you're familiar with Smallville of the the weird shoehorned Blue Beetle in at the end of that uh, TV show's run, um, than the classic one, Ted Cord. Um, so it's like a teenage boy getting some some cosmic powers and whatnot. This would be one that I think would work better, and it was probably planned to work better once the big big tentpole characters were out, and so you could get a Guardians of the Galaxy type hit in the franchise. But now they're sort of counting on this to be a franchise resetter. So for that reason, I'm a pass because I think that that's really scary. Um, I'm, everything about this film is probably preset, though. So if it was going to be good, it's probably going to be good despite everything put around it. Um, but still, it, it, it's tough. So it's it's a pass for me. Um, coming up before that, though, on August, I believe, 11th, August 11th. And I saved this one. I added this one at the very last minute for you, Joel. They're making a Gran Turismo movie. I know you've brought that up, I believe, in the past, right? You play, you, you've nope. enjoyed some of the... No, not Gran Turismo. Which one do you play? Forza? Forza. Oh, Forza. Yeah. Okay, so Gran Turismo is not... But but 
are you okay so let me all right let me reset then here gran turismo is a movie that is i'm reading the storyline verbatim Joel. The ultimate wish fulfillment tale of a teenage Gran Turismo player whose gaming skills won a series of Nissan competitions to become an actual professional race car driver based on a true story. It has David uh, Harbour in it, uh, and it's got, who else was on here? Orlando Bloom, I think, is in there. Uh, okay, so what? <laughs> uh, Joel, pass or play on Gran Turismo? Pass. Not. It just doesn't... I, based on the true story is i guess kind of interesting but like i've heard nothing about it i've not not even seen the trailer it to me it just doesn't feel as well here, here's the thing when i look at you know a little bit of the trailer and I read a little bit about it what it doesn't seem to have is the heart that ford versus ferrari had which i really enjoyed yeah okay so I think that it's it's um, again it's like Ford versus Ferrari, great racing movie, and then m- movie um, studios start putting out all kinds of racing movies, none of which are as good as the first one that everybody liked, yeah. you know. And so I, I mean, I like David Harbour, I like Orlando Bloom. Uh, there's a Spice Girl in it for folks that are interested, but yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't think that I'm really interested in it. I'm trying to remember the name of the one. Was it Need for Speed that Aaron Paul was in? That that was supposed to be a franchise as well, based off video games. And I think that landed like a like a like a duck. Um, so yeah, reading the uh, not only mistaking Gran Turismo as a game franchise that you play, Joel, but also mistaking Gran Turismo for a straight up adaptation of let's just make a movie around the game. It's like. I guess it's not super meta. It's based on a true story, but somebody who played the game really well and now is a professional race car driver. Yeah, it's really confusing. I think the based on a true story might be the part that lifts it towards an interest. But as as this long, long list is concerned, uh, it's got to be a pass for me as well. So we tried to race through those as fast as Gran Turismo is probably going to race to DVD. That's a dated reference now, Joel. Race to streaming is what I should say. (laughs) Uh, So that was pass or play for the summer of 2023. Thanks for going through that long haul with me, Joel. That was, uh, I think we found some good ones though. There's a few in there. I believe we knew ahead of time for sure what we were going to, we were going to pass or play. Um, But as we talked through some of them, I think you kind of talked me back into the interest of some of them, but that's not the rules of the game. So I tried to be as uh, dedicated (laughs) as I could. Well, we have uh, a few other things to mention that we will be covering on the Siddle Cafe uh, probably next time. Uh, Steven and I have been talking about The Mandalorian in chunks as it has been released this season. Obviously, this past week, uh, the final chapter 24 in season three was released. I really, really enjoyed it. I will say nothing else just in case anybody hasn't seen it in the last week. Uh, but we'll be talking all about that and probably the last two episodes of The Mandalorian next time, as well as a lot of the news coming out of the Star Wars celebration that happened earlier this month. There's a lot, awful lot of Star Wars stuff happening, and uh, Steven happens to be a fellow Star Wars fan. So we'll be talking about that next time on the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, then you can also help us make more. The Internet Minute is brought to you by you. The Citadel Cafe is 100% listener supported. If you're getting value out of the show, please consider putting a little bit of value back in. You can become a member at patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. Joining at any level will get you an invite to the member-only Discord server that's shared with my personal Discord and, of course, access to any bonus brista cuts that we can record. Special thanks go to Bean Counter Patrons, Cosmic and Smurf588. Thanks very much for your support of this episode. Patron count is at 27, which is steady on from the last time we recorded. Our goal each time we sit down to record is to have at least one more patron than the previous episode. If you would like to be patron number 28, visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. We're going to stick with Star Wars and surprise. This is the Lego Star Wars X-Wing Ultimate Collector Series. X-Wing Starfighter set 75355. It is going to be released on May 4th, which is Star Wars Day. May 1st for VIP members. That's me. 1,949 pieces. I'm not sure why they couldn't find one to add it to an 1950, but that's where we are. $319.99 Canadian. If you add the sales tax in where I live, that works out to 18 cents a piece. So it's not a cheap set, but it's big. We're talking Ultimate Collector Series scale. So it is... 
55 centimeters or 21.5 inches long. It is 27 centimeters or 10.5 inches high. And the width is 44 centimeters. That's 17.5 inches. So it is up there with my recent model of the Space Shuttle Discovery, which was uh, another UCS uh, set that I have. So it would look mighty fine on the other side of my TV, <laughs> which is which will bookend with the real uh, space shuttle and a fantasy space fighter. So I'm looking forward to checking this out. It It's really, really cool looking. The I have the playset X-Wing. I have like the minifig scale X-Wing, which is, I think, just Red 5. I think it's Luke Skywalker's X-Wing. And that was a fun little set to put together. And it looks nice on top of the bookshelf. It's the same scale as like the Y-Wing and the... Um, the other thing, things that I have, but uh, man, this this large, detail-filled uh, UCS version looks fantastic for the X-wing. Have you seen this before? Oh my gosh, all these sort of yeah, uh, and, and I think the details to your point, <laughs> the one one piece. But that's the thing; it's the the point is the details, Joel. So if one extra piece would make somebody look at this and say, mm, "This is not going to work. This is not as detailed." That's why Lego, you you always. Uh, admire their commitment and their focus so it, hey not a piece wasted not a piece overdone so although one more piece would bring down your per piece total <laughs> i love that note well that wraps up this episode of the citadel cafe you can get more information about the show and links to some of the things that we talked about at the citadelcafe.com music for the show was composed by kevin mcleod you can email us at the citadelcafe at gmail.com or find the show by name on Twitter. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, really wherever you can find a podcast. Make sure to leave a rating and a review or even a comment on the YouTube channel. Word of mouth is the easiest way to support the show. It's free. Just tell friends where they can listen to the Citadel Cafe and let them know that you think it's a good show. My name is Joel Duggan. You can find everything that I'm doing online at joelduggan.com. That includes links to my other podcasts like the Spawn Chunks at thespawnchunks.com. You can follow me at Joel Duggan on social media and Joel Duggan on Twitch, where I stream almost every day. I take Mondays off for the spun chunks, but the rest of the time I flip-flop between Lego on Fridays and Minecraft the rest of the time, but I'm looking to get back into Satisfactory now that uh, my current Minecraft project is wrapping up. Brockett, where can people find you online? At the Cat Volver on all the socials that matter. Also, let me say, if you would like this to be revealed, Joel, happy pre-birthday. Your birthday is coming up on Saturday, um, but happy birthday to you. And a happy belated to you as well. I know we spoke via text, but uh, our birthdays are only, what, like a week apart? Something like that. Yeah, 23rd and 29th. You've been listening to the Citadel Cafe, where we are fast, easy, and cheap, but you can only pick two.